Welcome to the Heart of Dad podcast. Heart of Dad is a podcast for entrepreneurs who are passionate about their families and business and looking to find more clarity, more balance and more alignment in all areas of their life. Come and join the community at heartofdad.com or on Facebook at groups forward slash heartofdad. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Heart of Dad. Today I'm delighted to be interviewing Tim Jameson. Tim describes himself as having a wide variety of interests and life experience, with musician and writer at the top of the list. He's what some might call a multi-potentialite. He loves thinking and communicating about a variety of topics, ranging from philosophy and psychology to leadership, emerging technologies and the future world. Describing himself as an insuppressible people ponderer, Tim's main aim is to help people slow down and reach a place of peaceful fulfilment within themselves, regardless of life circumstance. Tim lives in Sussex with his wife and three children. And as you're going to hear in this uh, podcast, we had a fantastic conversation about uh, being a dad and uh, running a business and uh, working all sorts of uh, hours to uh, keep on top of things. And during the recording, Tim um, mentions his relationship with his son and talks about exacerbating that relationship and um, Tim wanted to make sure that uh, I let you know that what he meant was exasperate rather than exacerbate happens to us all um, uh, saying one word and meaning another but um, I'm sure you'll get the meaning anyway Uh, so enjoy the podcast so I'm delighted to uh, welcome this week to the Heart of Dad podcast, Tim Jameson, my good friend and uh, ex-colleague. And uh, it's great to have you here, Tim. It's really good to be here, Matt. Thank you very much for inviting me. You're very welcome. So, so Tim, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, um, what you've done and doing in your life, and, and tell us a little bit about yourself as a dad as well, if you, if you can. Yeah, well, um, okay. I could probably talk for the entirety of the podcast just about me and who I am and what I do, um, what I've done. Um, so, um, as Matt said, my name's Tim Jane Jameson. Um, I live down on the um, south coast in a place called Worthing. Um, the temptation when asked who you are and what you do is to launch straight into, I think, particularly um as a chap to launch straight into what you do for work how do you earn your money um but um for those of um who don't know me and that's probably the majority of people who will be listening to this i'm currently taking a a career break or um, a sabbatical i'm three months in now and that's really reinforced in me the fact that when talking about who i am who we are um it's good to look beyond just um career and so maybe if I just start by telling you a little bit about who I am outside of the world of, of um, work. Um, so I'm a dad. Um, I'm a husband. I've been married to um, my wife, Charlie, now for nearly 19 years. And if you listen to this, you'll probably give me a slap because I've got that wrong. Um, I think it's 19 years. Um, I've got three children um, growing growing up very, very quickly. Um, I've got um, my eldest, um, a girl, Molly, who's 15. I've got Arthur, who's 12, and I've got Ethel, who's seven. No, she's not seven. She's nine. 
Um, she was seven once um, upon a time, but um, yeah, time moves on so, so fast. And that's one thing that we might get onto, but remembering birth birthdays as a dad is really, really important, but I think something that we're all pretty bad, bad at. Um, by background, um, I'm a musician, um, I'm a designer. Um, so um, since a very young age, I've been very, very interested in the way things work. And my dad's an engineer but also very interested in the way things look and feel. So kind of ergonomics, um, design, whole world of product design. Um, but then, as I've said, very much then how things work too. So I remember when I was at university, I was very, very interested in the um, beginnings of the Dyson vacuum cleaner. And that had a big influence in my um, early life, I guess, moving away from home and deciding what I wanted to do job-wise. Um, and uh, that brought me down to Brighton and I've um, stayed down on the south coast um, ever since. Um, but I'm very, very interested still in people's affiliation with products and stuff and the whole world of marketing and consumerism. And then that leads on and branches out into many other things too. I've already said that I'm a, I'm a musician. I find music is a brilliant way to express yourself in a kind of once removed way. So you can be very, very honest and open in music and songwriting. And I guess a bit like poet, poetry too, you can say things that are very personal and very relevant to yourself, but people can choose to interpret them however they wish. Um, but music's been a, a big part of my life. Um, I am very interested, in, increasingly interested in psychology, in the study of people and personality and that was really born out of wanting to get to better understand how I work um, how I work in the context of family as a dad how to better relate to um, my children um, how to be um, a better part partner to Charlie um, and just how to um, in a work context how to better lead and manage those around me how to be more of a genuine inspiration to other people how to um, understand how other people think and feel um, such that when I am talking to them about various things I I can better um, see their points of view I would say those those people who um, know me know that I'm quite an empathetic person which can be a, a blessing and a curse, um, but mainly a blessing, mainly a good thing, particularly in the whole world of people and <clears throat> uh, being a dad, being a manager, being a leader. Um, and so, yeah, that's me. I, and um, fast forwarding to right now, as I've already said, I'm currently taking a pause from a career perspective. And the main reason for that is I'm kind of, I guess, halfway through my working life. And I've always been quite a driven person. Um, I, I like to work very hard, but increasingly I found it hard to keep the kind of social family thing in balance with work. Um, so I thought it would be a wise thing to do to just take the opportunity at this point in my life to take a step back and to refocus and reflect on what's important, what my children need of me, um, reflect on my social life, um, and just reflect on things like my relationship with money and what I deem to be success in inverted commas. And, and, and just to think more about things like we're talking about um, 
today, Matt, um, just taking a, a, a step back, reflecting, being honest, um, and through being honest with, with myself, hopefully be, um, moving into a position where I can help others who are in a similar situation to me, or maybe younger on in their parent, parenthood. Um, and just yet yeah, use, use, use this time as, as an opportunity to take a bit of what lots of people say is quite a bold step. Um, um, to put myself it deliberately in a place of um, I wouldn't call it financial insecurity but in a position where um, change is going to be ahead and I don't know exactly what that change looks like yet but I think sometimes the best things happen when you take calculated risk and, and that's what I'm doing so that's just a little bit about me I'm at an exciting place Brilliant. I loved so much of what you shared there, Tim. It's, it's really rich. And I think just to acknowledge something you're sharing, which I think not many men or, or women do, is to take a conscious break like you're doing in your career to have that reflection and to take stock, to really reconnect with what you want and, and are looking for out of life. That, that does seem like a bold step to me, or, or at least an unconventional one, perhaps. Um, you said something in, in, in the introduction, which I think, you know, your motivation for taking that break, which is, is really a theme that keeps coming up in um, the, the, the work I'm doing here in these interviews and, and, and this podcast, The Heart of Dad, and that's around balance. And I think when I first met you, um, you were self-employed at that point, you had your own business, and you made a choice um, to move into employment, yeah. and then you've been in that employment for some time and then you've taken this break more recently. And I, I wondered about balance throughout that period and whether you've noticed you know, having three children, I guess, when, when you first, when you were self-employed, you had three young children or you had a child on the way in that period. Uh, you know, how, how was that for you? Um, it was quite a, it was an exciting time. It was quite, and I'm, I may make a fool of myself now by using a word, uh, where, um, which which isn't right in this context, but I think it was quite a tumultuous time. That's the right word to use. Um, coming from a position, as as you have said, of of, of being self-employed, where you feel very reliant upon yourself for everything, and therefore you can end up working all the hours under the sun. And I I remember many times working through the night just to get jobs finished, to get the bills paid. And to, and to get myself into a position where I was able to back then carve out time to spend with the children. Um, then moving into have into a period where I had the opportunity to become full-time employed. Um, back then, um, Matt, with the company that you were one of the par partners for. And I think back then I, I actually made a, a bit of a mistake in terms of how I managed myself and my time because... I treated, at least in the early days, moving into full-time employment as being exactly the same as working for myself. I gave exactly the same number of hours. Um, I continued to almost work as though it was me who owned the company and the company's success relied on, on me. And whilst in many respects, um, I was absolutely fine with that. I really enjoyed what I was doing. I loved the pe pe people that I was working with. I think just in terms of me 
personally that set me on a track i guess for um for for potential burnout um not least as i was still trying to give as much time as i possibly could to family and friends and outside work pursuits i like the term work-life integration um lots of people still use the term work-life balance but i think work-life integration is more apt particularly in the context of someone like myself who who as i've said is is fairly driven if i give myself to something be it um, a work pursuit or a social or a family pursuit i generally give my everything um, and it therefore becomes about how do I manage to do what kind of do all these things at the same time, almost in an integrated manner and still maintain energy levels, still um, maintain a position where I can be present to those around me. So if I'm with my family, I can be really present to my family. I'm not, I'm not physically present. My mind's elsewhere, but where I'm giving them my everything. But the same in a work context too, where if I'm at work, I'm at work and I'm able to give myself to um, my work fully, to get the job done, um, to engage on all levels with um, uh, colleagues and and those around me. I think that time back in, that's probably about 10, 10, 10 or 11 years ago now, the period that we're talk, talking about, it was very invigorating, it was exciting, but it was also extremely exhausting um and i knew not not so many months after i moved into full-time employment that something needed to something needed to change otherwise something would give mm. would be a good way to put it mm. so 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 how did it i mean you know that, that really resonates what you're saying and I, and I remember that experience particularly when you're growing a business of it being absolutely full-on and can be and can become all-consuming and i'm just wondering given uh i guess you know you'd have had a four-year-old a one-year-old uh at that time and you know with ethel on the way a bit later um how did you practically manage that that switching from being so full-on in work to returning home to the needs of young children which are you know are quite particular aren't they and a partner, of yeah, course, yeah. Also managing that when you know pre preschool children. I think to be very honest, Matt, I didn't manage it very well. Um, using the term managing it suggests that there is an an element of managing it and being successful in that. I went into, I think, being very honest, survival mode, um, and that wasn't survival mode that you would necessarily have seen from the outside. I'm somebody who manages to remain pretty calm at, um, at most times. Um, and that's in all different contexts. People have always said, Tim, you're a very calm person. Um, and I think w one of the ways that I, I managed it was to almost, or the ways in which, the, the, um, a means that I am employed that I thought was going to enable me to manage it was to remain deliberately very, very calm on the outside. Um, and to, I, I can remember trying to survive on less and less sleep. Um, so I was somebody who would always take, take work home. So I might leave the office on time, 
but it was always with the intent tension of going home, spending some time with the family and then getting the work back out and just continuing for as long as it took. And that was often until the well into the early hours and then getting up earlier and earlier too and then forcing myself to get back into the office. Um, I can remember then, as has always been the case, using exercise. Um, and that for me, if I get that right, and if I'm eating well, if I'm sleeping well, it's a bit of a silver bullet or is a silver bullet for me. Exercise is kind of like medicine for me. Um, and if I'm in a, in a place of motivation, and as I say, as long as I'm getting sufficient rest, um, exercise is something that I did use back then and continue to use now as a way to manage, to manage my time and to manage my presence in the moment it helps me to clear my head it helps me to compartmentalize particularly exercising at some point between being at work being in an office environment to being back at home with the family if I can get some exercise in in that interim periods it means I can come home and I have a much clearer head and I can give space and time to um, family um, but, but as I said but I think back then whilst I, I I tried those things and I did the best that I could. I didn't, I didn't actually end up managing myself very well. Um, and it's taken me, it's taken me a lot of years since then to adopt what well, to, to almost admit that in terms of my drivenness, I, um, I, I have to be careful. I have to be more self-aware than I was being back then. And that I do, I do have a limit my energy is finite my ability is finite um and then there's obviously age that comes into as you get older um you 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 you, you don't have the same levels of energy that you once had and so i've there's been like i had to go through a period at a time and i'm still going through it now of kind of self being very honest with with myself realizing that i do have boundaries i do have limitations and that i have to make choices and that i can't if you've got a head full of a head full of dreams um you can't necessarily realize all of those dreams because some of them will be at the some if you realize dreams in some areas it'll be at the expense of other areas and often that can end up being at the expense of family and as we're talking about um today at the expense of your children um, it's funny that isn't it how in the context of work particularly if you're working in a small business and um, every second counts you often give your first the first fruits of your energy to your customers because they're the ones who ultimately pay the bills and keep the business going and then your family or those closest to you get the last of your energy I've really realized that as well and that's something that I'm trying to turn around to get myself into a position where I'm consciously giving I'll call it the first fruits of my energy to those closest to me and then if I end up in a position where I'm finding I then don't have sufficient energy to give to others or talk about give to clients in, in the context of work then then something needs to change but I always need to or I always want to be in a position where I'm consciously putting my family first as opposed to last so that was that was a bit of a roundabout way of answering your not at all your question but just to mm. summarize again i didn't manage that time very well in the context of um family 
Well, that's, you know, what strikes me in, in listening to you, Tim, and, and to other dads uh, in similar positions is that, um, yeah, and this is true for parenting as well, right? It's not as if there's an instruction manual that gives you the, the optimal way of managing um, that. I love that phrase, that work-life integration. I think it, it is it is more appropriate than balance in a sense. Though though I also see that men are often struggling with the idea of balance within themselves. And it seems yeah. to me that, you know, through your through your process of re- reflection, you've come to some realizations which I'm sure people listening would actually think find incredibly helpful about. Um I love that phrase about the fruits of your energy and being able to put your family first there rather than last. Yeah. I think when you are driven. Yeah, the the pendulum often swings in the other direction, right? It's something that's been my experience in life. That um, my first impulse is to go into the busyness to really immerse myself in the excitement and the fascination and the delight of work, and sometimes the stress and worry and the pits yeah. of it as well. And family life can go not forgotten, but like very much in the background when that happens. Yeah, I am um, Matt. Once heard a. Um, um, a, a, a phrase which is, this is many years ago, which has always stuck with me, which is, it was something like when, it used the term when a man, so I'll say when a man, when a, when a man um, says, I'm afraid of losing my job, what he's actually meaning is I'm afraid of not being able to pay my bills. And it's, there's, there, it, in the context of, of what we're talking about now, I think in many people there's an underlying fear and underlying anxiety at play whether they realize and recognize it or not what they're fearful of is that if they don't commit and drive themselves harder from a work context they're ultimately at risk of being in a position where they can't support their family and so it becomes like a bit of a vicious cycle and I think mixed up in that too is certainly if I'm very honest and I'm sure there'll be others who can relate to this there's the feeling of my clients those who pay the wages they're not they're not going to have patience with me if I don't deliver to them what they're paying me for and they'll just go to somebody else whereas with reflecting on your family the temptation is is to think but my family will always be there you kind of take it's very easy to take them for granted and therefore, when faced with a, the realisation of my time is finite, I can't be all things to all people, my family included, then the, <clears throat> to use your um, um, analogy around the pendulum, the pendulum often naturally swings towards keeping your employer happy or keeping your clients happy. Um, but I think, again, as you get, I know for me personally, um, as I'm getting older I'm seeing more and more people who are successful in inverted commas in a work context but not successful or actually obviously unsuccessful from a family context which I'll just mention um, another phrase that someone said to me that's that's always stuck with me and this was probably a good 20 years ago now they said it's very uncommon you find you find a man who's successful in both work and family Back then, I just disregarded that comment. I thought, yeah, that's just one of those kind of throwaway lines. But it's it's really over the last little while, it's come back to me again. And yes, it comes down to how you define success. What does success mean? 
I think you can earn a, a good wage and also be a successful family person in terms of being present for your family, being part of your children's education, um, giving your partner the love and attention that they need. Um, but I don't think if I took that step, I don't think you can, I don't think you kind of have a love of money and a love of, of your family. You can't, you can't commit and give yourself to both those things. You can't run after wealth and run after your family. The two end up being in tension with each other. But in many contexts, particularly if you're in a, if you're in a good job, if you're well-respected professionally, going and giving yourself to 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 your work is is can actually be the easy way out it's easier sometimes to um do biz business than it is do to do business in a work context than it is to do business in a family context um, and then as if you neglect family and your children more and more it becomes harder and harder to reintegrate yourself the children grow up very quickly and with my oldest now being nearly six, 16, I've had a bit of a wake up call recently just thinking, crikey, she's going to be potentially leaving home in two years time. Where did all that time go? And I've heard, I hear all too often guys saying to me, um, Tim, don't do what I did, which is to waste the years when your children are younger, the time when they want to be with you you're too busy and you always put it off till the next day suddenly you have a wake-up call and you want to spend time with them but they've hit the point where they're not so in interested in spending time with you anymore and they've used terms like and that that being a heartbreaking experience um and i i i don't i don't want to go through that so um yeah my 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 call out to all the dads out there would be at least consider this mm. um take a step back because the years from a, a dad perspective do go past very quickly and i think being a dad too being being a dad is the one job the one job that you're irreplaceable at no one can do a better job better job that's that that that's too weaker uh, at um no one if if you're being the best dad that you can be no dad can make a better job of being a dad to your kids than than you can it's the one job that you're irreplaceable at Oh, so, so many pearls of wisdom in, in what you've been sharing, Tim. And I think it's a good kind of segue into the topic of guilt, which comes up a lot uh, in, in my discussions with, with dads. Um, and um, you know, one, one of the shadow sides of that, driving yourself very hard and the, the, the pendulum swinging towards the, you know, the, the driving yourself, creating money or uh, uh, being able to pay the bills, for your family um when that kind of floats up to the top in a, in a sense um and you know that you're not spending a, as much time or you're not you're present but you're not <laughs> but you're not present you're physically yeah. there but you're not you know emotionally or uh, emotionally present with your kids um a lot of people myself included experience enormous guilt about that about um not measuring up to be that dad that yeah. you know is so important to be i just wanted to know what your experience of, of that emotion was if any <laughs> um i i i felt lots of guilt in terms of my being a dad um and that can 
hit you at the most unexpected times. I find, I think my lots of dads, lots lots of parents will associate with this. The feeling of in a again in a in a work context, we're used to giving ourselves to others at, at pre-agreed times, and by that I mean if someone comes to you and says. Um, Matt, um, I have a, a, a personal or a work issue that I'd really appreciate talking with you about. You can nine times out of 10 pre-agree a time that's not right now to talk through that stuff. Whereas being a parent, often kids want to talk at the most, just from a day-to-day perspective, at the most inconvenient times. Mm-hmm. And so you might be in the middle of, for instance, give a really obvious example, you're sat as we all do now you sat on the sofa on your laptop but you're on your phone too and you're waiting for an important call to come through and you're desperately trying to get an email out because if you don't get the email out there's a fear that it won't go out on time and therefore there'll be a consequence to that and then your child comes in and asks you a really philosophical question about something or they're upset about something and they just want to sit with you but the instinctive reaction is not right now or almost worse than that as dads go and talk go and go and talk to your mum and at the at that moment in time that feels very justified Um, and it it, you you might just leave it at that or it might turn into an argument later down the line or you might do that over a number of consecutive times whatever I then often find it's then when the kids are in bed at night and I finish my work and I'm just either trying to go to sleep or just sitting down reflecting on the day that that's when the sense of guilt comes or if I'm uh, a typical time for me is if I have to go away for a, a, a bit a few nights and I'll get in the car or I'll be on the train or whatever and I'm going away from the family that's when I'll reflect back on the family and this the feeling of, of guilt comes um, and and I um, and the, and and a response to that is typically to make a commitment in my own mind to behave differently next time certain situations arise but then nine times out of ten i do exactly the same thing again the next the next time because it's complicated emotions are concerned deeper things of life are concerned but coming back to your question yeah i i very i do frequently feel feelings of guilt around um, my fatherhood and there's as I was thinking about this podcast um, I was drawn back to a phrase and this isn't kind of come across super spiritual or anything but there's a phrase I think it's in the bible actually and it says fathers don't exacerbate your children um and I love that word exacerbate. I think it's so, so important that term exacerbate. And I particularly think of this when reflecting on my son, who is just in terms of a parenthood experience, he's very, very different to my girls. Um, as you would expect, boys and girls are different. Um, but my son, if I, if I exacerbate him, if I frustrate him, but exacerbate is such a good word, if I exacerbate him, his natural reaction as he gets older is to where to stop coming to me. So he might have come to me when he was younger and wanted to play. And I'd said, no, 
and then he'd try again and I'd say no and then as he gets older and more physical hey dad come out on the trampoline with me I just want you to watch me jumping on the trampoline I'm really proud of what I'm doing oh yeah okay I'm coming out but I'm going to bring my phone too and I'm just going to be on my phone while you're on the trampoline and he just wants me to look at him look at me look at me um and then there's feelings of guilt that come as a result of that but then he gets a little bit older and he stops asking me to come and watch him and then he just wants to be with his friends and and then I'm on the cusp now feeling that feeling of I want to spend more time with him but he's now at that age where I'm at risk of him slipping away and that really really does um turn the volume up on those kind of feelings um Mm -hmm. again I particularly feel them when when I'm separate from the kids when I'm when, when I'm in a place of separateness from them but where there's nothing demanding my time so I can reflect so if I'm driving the car or traveling or I'm trying to go to sleep at night time that's that's uh, when I feel those feelings that, but there's and Matt you might be coming on to this but just 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 very briefly there's certain things though that I think bring a sense of healing to those feelings of, of guilt and I've got a long way to go in my discovery of these things but one thing that i have found has been very powerful for me over the last three months of not being in employment have been that i my son sometimes has bad dreams as kids do and it always used to bother me that if he was ever in a if he ever had a bad dream or he was feeling unwell or he needed something he'd always call for his mum He'd never call for me. And I, I didn't want to make him feel guilty by asking him why he never calls for me. But I've noticed since I've been off work, he's calls for me during the night time. And that's been, and, and, I, and I've heard him, it's woken me up and I've gone in and, and given him a hug and been able to get him back to a place of rest. That's been really powerful for me to, to be able to do, to have him choose to come to me first and then for me to be able to go and comfort him in a way that, I would never, he would never have done, and I would never have done up until recently. And if I hadn't had this experience more recently and he'd got older still, I might never have experienced that. So what a, what that's, a beautiful that's been quite powerful. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And um, it's kind of what I hear in that is like through, through your presence, you know, through this time that you've chosen to take out of the work environment your presence in the family has allowed you to deepen your connections or, or, or reconnect with your children uh, in a, in a even more profound way, which is, it's just beautiful to hear. And it makes me think actually maybe down the line, you'll come back to him and we'll have a, a chat just about um, being a dad to a, to, to a boy uh, and maybe at some point to, a, to girls as well, because I'm really intrigued in those differences and I only have the experience of being a dad to a, to a boy. Um, so I'd love to talk to you more about that someday. Yeah, that'd be great. And, that'd be great, Matt. And um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad you sort of touched on, you know, ways of managing guilt. And, and it seems to me that that example you gave of, of connecting with your son uh, when he has nighttime um, sort of bad dreams is, is, is really beautiful. Um, that conversation in, in my personal experience could have gone Either way, it could have been, oh, yeah, uh, I was wondering why he doesn't call out for me. And um, 
you know, I feel left out and, and all the stuff that you shared just there. Or it could be, oh, geez, I've got to get to work tomorrow and here I am woken up yet again and I'm really worried about my capacity to get on with my job when my nights are interrupted, which happens, you know, can happen a fair amount with children, particularly at a younger age. Um, and it kind of brings me on to the topic of anger because this is one I think that is really not spoken about. Um, pretty much every dad who's being comfortable enough to share with me has, and I've said, oh yeah, sometimes I get, <laughs> I get really angry and, and then I feel terrible about it and that guilt comes in and, you know, when I see how I've behaved um, objectively, it just, it's way off base, right? Uh, and uh, you know when we get into sort of idealized versions of, of parenthood and fatherhood um, that doesn't get spoken about much but I think every every dad who I've spoken to who's been really honest about it goes oh yeah that's me too right I, I get really angry sometimes I get, my frustration boils over or my irritation or my grumpiness comes into play and I just wanted to know if you if you know if it's okay to ask you that and, and whether yeah. you would share you know your experiences of, of anger it's it's absolutely okay. Um, I, when I was a boy, um, I remember my my dad, and he wouldn't mind me sharing this, but my dad used to struggle with um, anger issues, like I think lots of lots of dads do, and I don't mean serious anger issues. I just mean almost a, a lack of being in touch with other emotions meant where somebody else might where another person might cry about something my dad wouldn't cry he'd just get angry um and but he he was he was very successful most times at suppressing that as i think lots of, of guys are so they when they say they get angry they don't always mean they get angry on the outside they just feel ang angry but don't know what to do with it um, and I think my, my experience of being parented was to expect it was um, at least in my formative years to see somebody who who I could tell and I said I'm quite empathetic cool empathetic empathetical so I saw that in my dad and I think part of me then when I became a father myself um, pushed against that and said I'm not going to be like my dad so I'm not going to be hang I'm not going to be angry. I think if you're an angry person, it's not enough to say I'm just not going to be angry. But I, I, I found on the subject of anger, I've, I've struck, I struggle with a number of things. But I would say anger really for me hasn't been one of the things that's been a real struggle. I, I can honestly say I'm not, not an angry person. Um, but if, but I do still sometimes feel anger. And I think the way it manifests for me in the context of parenthood is um, often to do with, um, actually often to do with, on one hand time, when there's too many demands being made on my time and I just don't know how to, I don't, it reaches a point where I almost don't know how to behave and you must put the childhood tape in and the childhood tape starts playing and that can be just to suddenly have a, a random explosion and just get really angry in the heat of the moment but often in quite a self-pitying type way if i'm honest it kind of comes out of feeling sorry for yourself 
Um, or actually for me, anger can manifest itself because of others not understanding why I seem to have a lack of, not a lack of anger within me, a lack of, I'm not someone who wears their heart on their sleeve. So um, lots of people will healthily express their emotions in the moment and therefore they won't get that sense of something boiling up within them and then it comes out in too big a way. Um, I'm someone I don't wear my heart on my sleeve so I have lots and lots of emotion within me but I deal with it in in a tin way and that's nine times out of ten fine as far as I'm concerned it's my sense of normality but what it can mean in the context of parenthood is Let's just take a really obvious example. I'm sure a lot of dads can associate with this. The children will be fighting with each other and screaming and making lots of noise. And mum is getting agitated and looking at you as dad with that look of, you're going to do something, doesn't that annoy you? You're going to do something about that. And I as dad am sitting there thinking, I can deal with it with a bit of noise. I can just switch off from it. They're just being kids. And anyway, I've got other things. I need to invest my energy in, in, on this other thing. So I'm just going to let it go. And then it, it, it goes up to the next level. And then Charlie, my wife, might say, right, I'll go and deal with it then. And then if I'm in a particularly fragile place, in inverted commas, in terms of lack of, any, lack of um, emotional capacity within me, if I've had a, a bad day, or then sometimes very rarely but sometimes it can suddenly kick in within me to 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 almost say right well I don't I wasn't feeling angry but now I'm just going to make myself feel angry so that I can go and deal with it in the way that you obviously want me to deal with you want me to show some emotion and then um, my wife would say but I don't mean like that I didn't mean go and scream at the kids um, or chase one of them upstairs um, because now that's that hasn't helped at all, which can then make me actually feel ang angry because I don't know how to then deal with that. Well, you told me to do something about it. I didn't feel like I naturally wanted to do something about it. So then I had to sort of do something that didn't feel natural. And now you're telling me off for that. And so now I don't know what to do. So now I do feel angry. And now none of us are in a really good place, are we? So um, and then willing myself, okay, well, next time I'll just be even more quiet, or there must be something wrong with me then. Um, and then going back into the self-pity loop um, sometimes. So that's how, yeah. that's how in the context of parent, that that's how, if, if anger was, it raises its head, that's generally, gen, generally how it, it, it does come about. And it's complicated, isn't it? Um, I love that story though, because it, it, to me, I mean, you know, there are, there are, different avenues that can play out but I love how you describe how it does play out because uh, it certainly, it certainly uh, <laughs> resonates with some of my experience too just um sort of moving on a little bit Tim um another theme that comes up a lot in these discussions is around personal freedom and uh, I know that kind of before I had a child I had a certain idea of what I thought my personal freedom was and after I had a child I had to completely recalibrate that and it was actually one of the most difficult things for me because partly coming to, to being a dad a little bit later in life maybe than other people I had a, a lot of years of experience of that personal freedom that that really changed radically for me and um, I wonder what your your, your experience of, of that you know whether it's important to you that idea of personal freedom how does it play out in your relationship and and, and as a father 
Yeah, that's a really good question um, <clears throat> and a really big question. Um, I'm of years now enough to have a pretty good understanding of how I work, both the bits I'm proud of and the bits that I'm not so proud of. Um, and therefore I know my limitations and and I and I in many respects I, I'm able to give myself an easier time in terms of not driving for perfection in terms of who I am. But that that air of perfection is always been a a quite a a visceral thing for me. And when before I had children, I'm naturally quite introverted, very introverted. And I'm somebody who strives for perfection, and as part of that, often does think, um, enjoys solo pursuits. So I would be the person who would disappear all day for a bike bike ride, just love time on on my own, or uh, decides to do a recording project musically, so just becomes a hermit for a week um, and just doesn't really sleep and just goes with the flow. Um, but it's always in that strive for having a creative idea or having a physical pursuit that I want to um, conquer or accomplish and then just going after it with everything that I, I have. When you have kids, and I think this also can relate to when you have a partner as well, when you're just in a relationship with someone, you can't just do, you can't just live your life and go with the flow in the same way. You can, uh, and, and many people do, and I, I have to a certain extent. I've made mistakes in this area, um, but it doesn't do you any favours or doesn't do your kids or your par partner um, any favours. So in terms of this whole area of personal space, I think it wasn't something for me that changed overnight. It's something that I've learned lessons along the way and um now my sense of normality over the last 15 16 years since having kids it's i've had enough time for my sense of normality to shift to almost forgetting what it was like before having children so it doesn't almost feel to me now like i don't have the personal space that i used to because i don't remember what it used to be like that seems like a lifetime lifetime ago and in many respects i'm really pleased because where i'm naturally as i say quite introverted i think had i not had children had i not been in a relationship i could have probably as i got older maybe i got more grumpy about stuff going on in the world and grumpy about other people i would have just spent more and more time on my own and that might not necessarily have been a healthy thing um, and as part of that, I know I would have become more and more controlling about my environment too. And this, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of coming in to focus on the nub of the question in terms of how the thing that I do struggle with. Um, I like, if I lived on my own, I'd be someone who'd have quite a minimalist house. I like tidiness. I like to have good quality stuff, but not much stuff. Um, being a parent, particularly a parent of teenagers, means you have to completely lay that sensibility to one side um if my me and my daughter <clears throat> have any arguments aside of um just being around her very busy social life and, and not getting enough rest 
it, it tends to be around the fact that my kids don't mind mess and they will just spread out over the entire house to a point where I feel like I don't have a single surface or area of the house that is mine just to keep a little bit tidy. And I'm very much, if I want to concentrate, if I want to feel at peace, I like, I have to tie, tidy up first, not obsessively, but I do like space. So personal space for me now, if I start in the, in the here and now, if it becomes an issue for me, it's much more around clutter and messiness. Um, <clears throat> I can handle noise. I don't really mind noise. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's kids being kids nine times out of 10, they just, I've said nine times out of 10 an awful lot during this conversation, but um, typically they only think about the here and now. Um, so if there's something more interesting to do than clear up, they'll go and do that other thing. Um, so yeah, a lot of my personal space now is spent amongst the clutter of my children and clearing up after them and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah, this, it's just, it's taking things that were, that's still important to me, but stepping back from the saying, okay, that's important to me, but is it actually, actually quite a selfish thing? Do I actually need to be concerned and give my energy to that? No, I really don't in the context of where I'm at at the moment in my life. Therefore, I'm just going to make a decision to push it to one side, recognize it as a thing, but push it to one side and have ways and strategies of not letting it encroach back and become, become a problem. And I think tied up within all of that personal space wise, there's the classic that all parents of teenagers will know about, which is you suddenly feel like you have no time for your own relationship with your partner because your kids go to bed later than you and they often have their friends around. So all the rooms are full of other people. So it can start to get in the way of just, um, um, all the way from being able to just sit in the quiet and talk to your partner to more like physical relationship stuff it can get in the way of that as well which in turn can be unhelpful in terms of the time and energy you have as a parent to, to give to your children and one of the main ways that we've found of um approaching that whole area is just to talk with our kids to be on open and honest with them um so not to try and keep it a secret um to say to them we need our space we need you to tidy up sometimes we need you to think of us just like you want us to think of you and and working on it on those things as a unit together as a team together brilliant i think that's such a helpful insight as well tim really really appreciate you sharing it so um we're coming towards the end of our our time and um just a final question for me really you know i think anybody listening to this I mean, I've certainly got a ton out of it listening to you and I really appreciate you know, how, how frank you've been and reflective you are about your life and your, your role as a dad and both when you've been self-employed and as an employee um do you have any final advice for for a dad who's struggling with that work-life integration uh, dilemma that you know you, you so eloquently talked about earlier I think two two things one of them is to go easy on on yourself don't overthink being a dad and certainly don't overthink it in the context of your experience of being fathered focus on on the here and now and and the future um 
and realize within that that children appreciate just as much if not more just you being present with them as they do you actually actively engaging them in conversation or playing games or whatever within that time they just they literally just appreciate time and time knowing that you're fully present such that then conversation or whatever can happen as it as it naturally happens you don't have to pre-organize pre-arrange everything um, so just make a conscious decision to declutter your, the rest of your life at least to a point where you have points during the week where your children know this is when I've got dad 100%. And I think the second one, and this is linked in with me saying, don't be too hard on yourself. Um, you, if there's anyone listening who's, who's I'm sure there will be people listening to say so this, I'm someone who, life is busy, as part of life is busy, part of I'm quite driven as a person, I like to be in control of things. So I would quite happily sit down and um, create a very um, detailed plan of how we're going to be family over the next week or month or whatever. But kids don't fit into the tight confines of, of plans like we as adults like to make. Um, and so therefore, sometimes you just have to, you have to let go a bit. Um, and this is going to sound a bit strange, but it's it's impacted me a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm far beyond just being a parent. It's hit me over this last year. Um, they, someone gave me that nursery rhyme, row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. Something like that. Okay, yeah. But but the bit that stuck with what they were trying to get across to me is sometimes you've just got to get in the boat and go with the current of life and life will take you where life takes you. But you've got to... Re- like, so it's being able to as a dad just be able to say you know i don't i'm not perfect i don't have all the answers number one um important thing is just to be available to my kids not just physically available but mentally emotionally available and then sometimes you just got to take a deep breath and just allow life and parenthood to carry you along you can't grab a hold of every part of it and and hang on and try and control it because that's not how kids work. That's how adults like to work. It's a survival mechanism. Um, but you, you just you'll 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 burn yourself out as a parent if you if if you try to to do that. And then just a, a further parting bit of advice, if if you like, and this particularly as your children get older, to spend time to talk with them. And one of the some of the most precious times I've had with my kids, and I don't do this nearly enough, is um, just go out walking with them so like leave your phone at home or in the car because phones are a massive distraction and just go for a half an hour walk whatever with them and just enjoy walking together initially and then conversation opens up and you both know that you're not distractible when you're walking and it's just a great some of the best conversations happen some of the best sort of spontaneous oh dad i've just thought something and i haven't told you about this before but x y and z what do you think about that it's just what a wonderful opportunity to get to see how your children's minds are unfurling and actually the depth that they often think on life mm-hmm. think about things in life around but also it gives you an opportunity to impart some of your hopefully wisdom to them and for you to begin connecting if you can get into the habit of that 
um, as they're growing older, just having those regular moments, times when you can go walking or whatever you enjoy doing together, um, that really deepen and strengthen the relationship and mean that during the times when you really do have to work, it won't matter. They'll forgive you those times because they know that they've got the assurance that you're being very intentional about that. So if you're working, you've decided that we've, we've agreed this is dad working time. But if he's not, then this is our time and there's no excuses. Love that, Tim. Thanks so much. And thank you for everything you've shared today. Um, if people want to... Thank you for inviting me. No, you're very welcome. If people want to find out more about you, where do they need to go and look? Oof. Um, I, where, where can they go and look? I'm, I'm not a massive social media person. Social media, um, I, lo- I have a love-hate, love-hate relationship with social media. Um, at the moment, they can, um, I've got a web website that's been running for a while called runtherace.co.uk. You can go and have a look there. That's something that I want to pick, pick back up again. Um, there's some stuff on there. Um, you can, uh, I'm in the throes of launching something called Make Life Click, makelife.click. If you go to that address, makelife.click. I am, I have an, an aspiration, a vision to create a space that sits somewhere between kind of Facebook and LinkedIn, a place where people can just talk about the integrated part of life between work and holy family social life but a space where people can be a little bit more vulnerable a little bit more honest with each other i just think that i'm seeing people write about that place more i'm seeing people seeing an urgency in some people to talk and and open up in 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 that space more together in in community and people starting to become a lot bolder in terms of not only wanting to do that behind closed doors but actually wanting to express some of that stuff to the world too so i i'm that really intrigues me and it's something i've been thinking about for a long long time it's just great that i'm seeing people start to open up in in this in this area it's like a, a realization is happening and a recognition that we're not all per- perfect and that it's okay to talk about stuff that we typically would never tell people about yeah, right um, and that can be massively releasing massively yeah. pressure releasing um so yeah make life.click you can find out hopefully as over the next few months a little a little, a little bit more about me there too brilliant thanks tim and, and uh, you've really modeled, modeled that i think showing that vulnerability is okay i've loved spending time with you thanks again likewise matt um thank you as well and so, yeah i'll, I'll look, look forward to hearing what others have to say about this whole subject because i think it's really really important and i'm really thrilled that you're um, doing doing the work that you do thank you